I went into a bank a couple of weeks ago and I go up to the teller and I don't know the young lady. I mean, she's in her thirties and she looks over at my shirt and she said, first party saved my life. Hmm. Just unprompted. Yeah. And I said, well, tell me about that. And she went to a school, wasn't even in our area, different, whole different area of Kentucky. Wow. And wasn't a Christian. Yep. Became a Christian through first party. Went, you know, friends, met her husband in there. Later on, got married, the whole nine yards and just wow. was loving and excited about it. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Steve Cherico, and I am glad you are here. And I'm Brad Skelling, and I'm also glad you're here. Are you? I am. Me too? Yeah. Sweet. I'm glad you're, you mean do, I, I'm glad you're here. I made the list. You did. You, you'll make the list today. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. It is. What we got going Everybody on this week? Everybody has a lucky day. Oh, lucky well, moment. Just one time. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, a little plug here today. Oh, okay. Let's plug. Uh, if you get on the firstparty.club website, we do have an online club training class that people can jump on, uh, get some mission, vision, values, club basics, launching the club, recruiting students, things of that nature. Almost like a Just master class. Huh? Fundamental master class, mm. whichever angle you want to. Thank you for that. You run down that line with. Yeah, mm. it's been online. It costs 10 bucks. Um, it's out there for people who just need um, a, a, some tips, tools, or maybe it's for you if you're uh, a staff member and say, Hey, I can't get over to this person. They can go watch that. And you can have coffee afterwards and say, Hey, what'd you think? Let's talk through the details R- rather than needing to, you know, speak all the information all the time that's out there for you. So wanted to share that resource today. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I don't think you make the, were you on the master class? Were Not this time. Class? Not this time. I'm we'll master of you. other, I'm master of other things. <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of master none. Master of zero. Uh-huh. Have you seen my house lately? Uh, yes, you just showed me a picture. Let's so. not talk about that. <laughs> master of none. Master of hiring other people to do the work for exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> what do we got on the show today, Steve? Well, man, we have got two human beings that I really do think the world of. Yes. Uh, both from the Tri-Cities area up in Kentucky. So we've got uh, Tim and Chuck on with us. Tri-County area? Tri-County. Sorry, I Tri-city. said Tri-Cities. Tri-County. Forget Tri-Cities isn't even a I know, thing. Like I know. Tri-States, Tri-County. Tri-County. We should start Tri-Cities, though. That's a good idea. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. I'll think about which three that is. Okay. Sounds good. So from but, yeah. the Tri-County area, Tim and Chuck. Tim and Chuck yep. jumped on. Uh, Tim's been the director as long, long as I've been. He's been here longer than me. Uh, around and that's and saying Chuck, a lot it's that's not saying very much yep and uh yeah chuck is his his new guy uh in lake cumberland lake cumberland area well and we don't want to steal thunder okay from chuck so let's let's not deep dive deep too deep in on the front end but good because my brain just lost yeah the, exactly lost the counties he's but, in <laughs> but yes we're very we're very very grateful to spend a moment with him so let's jump in and then we'll talk about in the end okay sounds good here we go well, as Steve said, I'm here with Tim and Chuck. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. It's good to have you today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Good to be here. Well, uh, for our listening audience, uh, as Tim, you said before the show, a lot of people have heard your name before, but they've never probably heard your voice or, or seen your face. So would you guys introduce yourselves? Tell them who you are, where you are, and a little bit about family, things like that. Yeah. My name is Tim Bargo. I'm the director of First Party Tri-County. And uh, this is my 15th year with Tri-County. Worked at Tri-States a couple of years before that. And obviously a campus coach before that and a youth pastor. Yeah. Uh, married to Tammy for 20 years. Have three kids. 
Nice. Um, and they're all grown adults now. I have my first grandchild who's 10 months old Ooh. and another one on the way in September. So congrats. Uh, that's a new season of life we really mm -hmm. enjoy. And It's a new hobby. Oh, listen, it's a, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. As everybody said, if you knew what you knew, you'd like to have your grandkids first. That's it's right. It's impossible. <laughs> uh, and so uh, just excited about what God's been doing with First Party over the years and, and the relationships we're in. And cool. It's cool. And just for the record, it's not Tri-County. That's how you started with Tri-County. Now you're up to like eight county. Our official name is First Party Tri-County, <laughs> and we are officially in six counties. Six counties? All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Chuck, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? I'm Chuck White from Somerset, Kentucky, and a part of uh, First Priority Lake Cumberland. Okay. Underneath Tri-County right now. That's two of the six counties? That's two of the six counties. There you go. Yeah. Um, I got involved in First Priority two years ago. Okay. And um, so this is just my second year um, doing this. Nice. Um, married to my wife, Tina, uh, for 35 years. We've got one daughter, Haley. She's 29. And uh, she's talking about having a grandchild. So there you go. I'm, I'm there you excited go. excited about that. Nice. Yes. Nice. Uh, what did you do before First Priority? I was a software engineer for... I don't know how many years. Okay. Several years. 30. Long time. 30, 35 years. I guess. Okay. So, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, I did that uh, for a long time. And God uh, made it so I could retire early. And mm -hmm. I thought I was going to go into a widow's ministry. Okay. I was all excited about that. And it, as simple as that was to do, I just couldn't work it out. Hmm. And I think it's because God wanted me in first priority. So uh, I get up every morning excited and and going into schools and yeah, and just love it. I love it. What what drew you into first party? What was the what was the hook for you? Uh, I don't really know. Just God's call. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess just seeing kids do things that I would not have done when I was a kid, and it mm. was so encouraging. Yeah, uh, to me, even though I was a Christian uh, through high school, um, they're doing things that I did not do, and. Even if this was available, I doubt that I would have done it unless I had a really strong friend that drew me into it. Sure. And that's what I see kids doing. They, they're they bold. They talk to their friends. Right. Share the gospel with them, invite them to the club, and amazing things have been happening. It's amazing. It's humbling. It's mm -hmm. awe-inspiring. Yep. It's a pretty cool deal. All of the above. All of the above. Yeah. All of the above. Well, let's talk about uh, this school year a little bit. What's been going on in Tri-County? Uh, what's the Lord been doing? Well, so far he's saved 251 students. Nice. And that, that's getting back to pre-COVID numbers, yeah. which is really awesome. Yeah, we've been talking about that. And and through that, we've distributed 846 Bibles, obviously okay. more than the kids that just accept Christ. And since we began in 2018, finishing up our, eight, our 15th school year, that puts us at 2,874 salvations. Wow. And uh, then obviously, like this year at Seeds Poe was on our bigger numbers across our whole network. We had uh, yep. 2,304 students. Okay. So that's one of our largest attendance that we've had. So I feel like we're getting back on our feet well. Nice. Uh, you know, obviously with everything that everybody was going through, we, we got back last year. And we got back in all of our clubs. But, sure. you know, you miss a couple of years and those middle schoolers are in high school and they didn't have first priority. And it's almost like you're reintroducing it. Yep. And so, uh, but it, it has been truly awesome. Uh, obviously, from my standpoint, we are uh, fully staffed at this point. Okay. We'd love to have more staff, but we have four area directors like Chuck. Okay. Him and three more. And uh, so they get up and go visit schools Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, I'm in the office most days, and I'm yeah. talking with you. And 
yeah. uh, getting resources ready and smart sheets and systems and newsletters sure. and prayer letters. And so it's been a season of change for me. Okay. Um, wasn't real happy about it. A couple of years ago when it started with the first director, area coordinator we hired, and I was in the schools less. But at the end of the day, God showed me there's different times, different seasons. Yeah. And every school sees somebody from our office at least once a month. Yep. And it was twice a year. Sure. So oh wow. A lot healthier clubs. Healthier clubs. They're they're better because you got, yeah, you have more people out there. How many clubs are you in right now? Forty. Forty clubs. So you're in, yeah, probably ten to thirteen, fifteen more than you were when it was just you, right? Yeah. So multiplying out there. I love it. And I love more it. More to go into as we can make our way out. That's right. There's always another county next door. Especially with Chuck. I mean, Chuck's asking me all the time, can we go to this county? We'll go to this county, we'll go to that county. <laughs> And and obviously I was that way in the beginning and I love yep. the passion and I'm like, yeah, but we got to get some foundational things set. Correct. Uh, you know, there's some clubs that we have that could do a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, before we jump into New County and start eight or nine new clubs, yeah. I'd like to make sure. But one example is, is I emailed him the guys a spreadsheet I'd never looked at in the past of basically a list of clubs who had students saved and a list who didn't. Oh, I think that we should have a student saved at every club every year if it's just sure. one. Yeah. You know, I've said this reluctantly. I'm not on church staff. I started out that way. But if I was a pastor of a church and I went through 12 months and in one year and nobody's saved, I'd resign and leave. Hmm. So if, where I'm a director of first priority and we have a club and nobody's been saved on it, should I resign and leave or should we try to fix it? Yeah. Or do we just ignore it and go on and try to start a new club in another town? Hmm. That's, that's a good question. That's where it's a good question. And the reason where I'm there is because obviously FPOA and I love you guys are constantly yep. saying start new clubs. We need new clubs. We yeah. need more clubs. Go yeah. out. 40. We need 50. We need 60. And but why I'm do thinking, we ask you that question though? So students come to know the Lord. Exactly. Right. And I'm thinking I need to fix about 10 before I get 10 more. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. But you do something else. You, you track another number that a lot of people don't. What's your mission field? How many students are there out there in your in your mission field? 18,500 in our six counties. And that is students that's in the 6th through 12th grade. That's not younger students. When I look at populations on websites mm-hmm. and stuff, I don't track the younger ages because we don't do that. Yep. We have 18,500 reachable students in our counties. And you said you have 2,800 coming into your club every week? 2,000. We had 2,300 proceeded to poll. Okay. We stayed around 18,900. Okay. And actually... Month before last, we topped two thousand for the first time since COVID. Wow! For that month, uh huh. So we were at see to poll numbers. Yep. In March, so that's never happened in the spring. Okay. Normally, see to poll is your big when it goes down seventeen, eighteen, stays there to Christmas, and then January, February, March, and April are usually ten, eleven, twelve hundred. Yeah. It's just the weather where we lived, everything's dropped. This year, we had a really good surge after Christmas. But you're hitting 10% of the student population is in a first party club on a weekly basis and growing. That's pretty cool. Uh huh. Yeah. By average. And, and, you know, that happens. We have clubs, we have small schools, obviously, rural Kentucky. And uh, my mind goes to one particular elementary school, and, and they literally, it's a K through six. We do sixth grade only. Yep. And they have. 17 sixth graders, and we got 15 of them come to first party on a consistent <laughs> basis. Yep. And the campus coach is like, well, I'm sorry we only have 15. I heard the other school's got 30. And I'm like, dude, you're reaching 98% or 99% of your, your available <laughs> class here. Yep. I said, don't be discouraged. You've had yep. 50% of your classes except your Christ this year. Yeah. Yep. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and that's one of the reasons why you're tracking the mission field, right? Your 18,000 is important to you because those sixth grade clubs are going away next year. They're consolidating that, right? So the number of clubs will change, but your mission field will stay the same. Yeah, that's going to cause you all a headache because you guys love saying we have 800, 900 clubs. And you, you tell uh-huh. us all the time, go out and start 10 more clubs. Yeah. We're losing six clubs. Yep. But the 18,500 stays the same because yep. those six clubs are just moving into one building. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's a fun conversation to have with you about that. Yeah. So like you're, you are going to have to change how you portray your numbers instead of that 800 clubs. I'll ask you, Brad, how many reachable students are we reaching across American first right. priority? Yeah. Do you have any idea? I have no idea. 100,000, quarter million, half million? We talk about the 23 million of teenagers that are in public, middle, and high schools, and that number changes with every Barna research and Pew research and whatever poll is out there, or census, I guess it would, that one would be relied on, not, not Barna or Pew, but yeah, we've not uh, asked people to track their mission field, how many students are attending those clubs but yeah that's a good number to to consider because i have several high schools with 125 to 150 students in the whole high school mm-hmm. and we get into chuck's area and he's got high schools with well over a thousand kids in them yeah that's a very different mission field you approach that differently you, you treat that different yeah it's a good word and i agree with that which is why i led you down that path because yeah. I think it's something that we can we should consider as as uh, as districts, as chapters, as first party of America, we sh- we should be. It's a good it's a good number to throw out there when you can say, hey, ten percent of our student population are coming. I know Shane and Natalie can throw that number out there. They they track that what their mission field is versus what's walking through there. I think they're thirty. They're at ten percent too, weren't they? Thirty six thousand and about thirty six hundred kids coming through their club. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's good. I like it. And, and, you know, longevity, obviously, that comes up all the time. 15 years, it's been huge. Yeah. Um, You know, I I just feel like the first five, six years, you're learning how to do it, getting on your feet. The next five or six years, you're getting welcomed in the community. Yep. Obviously, there's wins. You know, God just keeps allowing wins to where you know that you're doing what he wants you to do. Mm -hmm. But the longevity of it, and I I told you earlier today, instead of story with Steve, we'll do a story with Tim. Uh I I went into a bank a couple weeks ago, and I go up to the teller, and I don't know the young lady. I mean, she's in her 30s, and she looks over at my shirt, and she said, first party saved my life. Hmm. Just unprompted. Yeah. And I said, well, tell me about that. And she went to a school, wasn't even in our area, different, whole different area of Kentucky. Wow. And wasn't a Christian. Yep. Became a Christian through First Priority. When it, their First Priority went on a mission trip in the summer. I've never heard of a club going on a mission huh, trip. Me either. And they went on a mission trip okay. that summer. Okay. And, you know, friends, met her husband in there. Later on, got married, the whole nine yards, and just wow. was loving and excited about it. You know, left, went about my day. Uh, later that night, my wife and I are in Walmart. Just walking around, and I don't really like going there a lot of times, and it's really crowded, and you know they get more of your money than you want, and yep. and and some person I'd ever seen before in my life walks up to me, same shirts on, and said, first party saved my life hmm. twice in one day. Wow, hadn't happened in years. Yeah, and I said, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I was raised in church. I was a good Christian student. Uh, kind of got to that driving age, started doing things. I partying a little bit, maybe you know things I shouldn't have been doing. And one of my good friends drugged me to a first priority meeting and I repented and got right with God. So my rebellious time was two weeks instead of years of the rest of my life. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so longevity really helps. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. When I'm sitting in the office most days now and not getting to see what Chuck's getting to see. Uh-huh. Exactly. Well, let's transition over there. Chuck, what are you seeing this this year in the Lake Cumberland? What's What's God been doing? God's been working. 
February. And it's uh, very exciting to see. And I can relate a little bit to what Tim's talking about because I can't be in all the schools. Thursday's my really busy day. And I have to pick what school I'm going to go to that morning. Yeah. And I'm just, I know I'm going to miss something at sure. one of the other schools. And I get texts every morning from a campus coach that says, you know, this was awesome. This just happened. Good. You know, can you, you know, believe how God's working, those kind of things. Um, one of the things that just happened earlier, this is actually was the first meeting uh, at one of the new schools I picked up. And uh, I got down there and they, it was actually a club day. So you had more time and they had an agenda and I'd never walked in and seen an agenda like, you know, ready to go, what mm-hmm. they're going to do other than the guide that we use. Sure. And I looked on the agenda. I went down there to train. They had missed our training. So I went down there to train them on okay. how to do, how to do Epic. Sure. And so, um, it had on there on the agenda after the welcome and introduction and prayer was three student testimonies. Hmm. And I was thinking, wow, last year at the school I was at, we only had one the whole year. Wow. And they have three. The very three of the first month. Yeah. They're so, ready to go. Yeah. So New the, school. New yeah, school. Really? Yeah, they hadn't met in three years. This is the first time they'd met. In wow. Time. So um, I walk in, they've got chairs lined up around the wall because they're expecting a lot of kids. And this one kid walked in and his name's Will. And uh, Will's not real tall. He's probably 5'10", 5'11". But okay. he's one of these kids that kind of. Sure. He's not real self-confident and he doesn't look around a lot. And as the room starts filling up, I'm like, he's, this is not for him. Yeah. Uh, he's never coming back. Hmm. And if he had a hundred dollars, he'd pay somebody to pull the fire alarm right now <laughs> so he could get out of here. Well, anyway, and as more and more kids come in, he's just getting more and more nervous. And so a uh, young man gets up camera and he welcomes everybody, opens us in prayer. And he says, now we'll do testimonies. Well, nobody wants to go first. That's scary. You know, you yeah. 35, 40 of your friends out there, or maybe you don't even know them. Yeah. Your peers. And so uh, the faculty sponsor says, uh, all right, who's going to go first? And Will stands up. Hmm. And he walks over and he stands next to me. He's about two or three feet away from me uh, to my right. He's holding a piece of paper and it says Romans Road on it. He's got a little yellow sticky note on there with some handwritten notes. And that piece of paper is just (laughs) going crazy. He's He's looking at the floor. For a long time, like a full minute. And, uh, wow. And then he makes the mistake of looking up at his peers, and that's worse. You know, <laughs> he just made it worse. Huh. And he turns to me and he mouths, I don't know how to do it. Hmm. So I walked over and I got real close to him, and I said, you can do this. I said, all you got to do is tell about your life before you came to know Christ, and tell them how you came to know Christ, and then tell them what God's done for you since then. Hmm. I said, it's your story, nobody else's. Yep. You can do this. You got this. And nice. I seen a little spark in his eye. And Will started giving his testimony. He grew up in foster homes. Mm. He said nobody loved him. He knew they were just doing it for the money. Mm. Nobody ever cared for him. And he bounced around from home to home. Yeah, yeah. And he said uh, he found out he was going to this place in Kentucky. And he said, I never even heard of that place. I didn't know one person there. He said, but I got a family that loved me. They cared mm. for me. He said, they didn't go to church. But I could tell they cared for me and they wanted to see me succeed and they loved on me. And then he points to my campus coach and he said he came to my house one time and visited us and invited us to church. He said, we started going some. He said, then he invited us or invited me to go to church camp, which means he paid for him to go to church camp. Sure. And he said at church camp, he said, I accepted Christ. And he mm. said, my wife's never been the same. Mm. 
So anyway, I was there to train, right? Yeah. Well, I took that and threw that in the trash can. Right. Wow. <laughs> Two other kids got up, gave similar testimonies, really good. Wow. And so I basically shared the gospel real quick and did a time for response and four kids come to accept Christ. Wow. It was had nothing to do with what I said. Right. It's what the, the kids said. The kids. Those kid testimonies are powerful. Right. Uh, but anyway, so leave the meeting. I'm floating. I'm call I call Tim. I call Chris. I call everybody. Know, you ain't believe what's going on. It's awesome. So I get home and uh, it's about an hour later I get a text from the faculty sponsor saying another kid come and filled out a card. So we had 35 instead of 34. Mm. I'm like, this never happened before. Mm-hmm. So I called her and I said, what do you what do you mean? And she said, well, this girl came and said, I want to fill out one of them cards. And she said, what card? She said, one of them club cards. And she said, didn't you get one when you were at club? She said, I didn't come to this club. And she said, why do you need to fill out a card? She said, my friend came to this club. Hmm. She told me about Jesus. Wow. She said, I want to fill out one of them cards. Wow. So it was awesome. That is awesome. So now I'm calling everybody again. You ain't believing what's happening. <laughs> That's why Tim gets so many phone calls. But, um, students reaching students outside of clubs. There you go. So, yeah. So that, that young lady, she understood the message. Yeah. The mission. Yeah. And went out and executed it. That's right. And one of her friends accepted Christ. Wow. So that was awesome. Wow. So that was great. That's a mic drop moment right there. It didn't get any better than that. That's, that's amazing. Just rinse and repeat. Right? <laughs> yeah. Can we do that every week yeah. in every club? And uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that's why I love doing what I do. I right? Get, I get to see that occasionally. And when I don't get to see it, I hear about it from my faculty sponsors and campus coaches. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some really good campus coaches and faculty sponsors. Yeah. 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 They're great. That's cool. Good administrators, administrations that I work with. Um, they, they usually work with us very, very well. So pleased and very thankful for that. Yep. You know, I would dare to dream, Brad, and, and I know without a doubt, but you can't put your hand on it. We've talked many times. It's hard to track that. Yeah. What just happened. We track what yeah. happens in the meeting. Uh-huh. But you hear stories, and sometimes they're six months, a year, two, three years later. Or in a bank, 10 years bank, later. The yeah. same exact same thing. Well, I yeah. didn't go to that club meeting and accept yeah. Christ, but one of the people who did come back and befriended me and led me to Christ. Yep. And, you know, we said years ago in this, of course, you and I have been in this way older than we want to admit, but, you know, first priority is not a ministry anymore. It's a movement. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a movement of God taking the hope of Christ to every student through the students. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what's the, I'd say, what's the key to helping create that environment? What is, what, what do we need to do for the newbie out there that's trying to get a club going in their school? How, how do you, I mean, you can't create it, right? It's you, no, you can, you can create an environment. You can create an environment. What I love about the Epic resources we have, Okay. Is they're reaffirming every week you're a missionary. It's your job to reach your friends for Christ. Yeah. So the, the so that's the constant. Chuck saw that because we're new in that area. Yep. And last year we had ten or twelve kids saved. This year, how many of you had saved in your area? Seventeen, nineteen, twenty. I mean, no, things like thirty-eight. Yeah, it went up significantly. <laughs> there you go. And, and clubs that were running 10, 15 kids all of a sudden go 20, 40, 60. Hmm. And, and, you know, then then those faculty sponsors, campus coaches are calling him or his other and say, what are you doing? We want that. Yeah. What's creating a culture hmm. 
and it's giving them ownership. That's right. You can't come in and dictate, okay, yep. Brad, you're opening in prayer. Chuck, you're doing the lesson yep. as an adult. Yep. When you're planning, yeah. you have to give them ownership. Yep. And, and part of that is, you know, you're creating that mindset of that culture. Mm-hmm. If you're bringing in donuts, don't let the Christian kids get one first. Make them get one last. Mm. And, you know, if you go in a meeting and there's 35 kids in a room and the adults look at you and say, same 35 kids, I didn't invite anybody, it's invite week. You, you know, campus coach gets up and says, everybody go get two friends. If you don't, you don't get back in the room and you close the door. And if they come back with two friends, you let them back in. Yeah. And if they come back with one friend, you say, sorry, you got to go get another. You're not allowed back in the room. And you don't do that every invite week, but you have to create that culture. Sure. And, and you know, vocabulary is so tough. You can't tell a student, go reach your lost friends. They're like, they know where they're at. They're not lost. Yeah. And so, you know, verbiage and vocabulary and, you know, so you have to be able to create that culture with who's close to you but far from God. Yeah. Most of their friends probably go to church in our area. We're in the Bible Belt mm-hmm. a couple, three times a year or more. Yep. But they're not Christians. Yeah. They're not doing what they need to do, but For they sure. don't see them as needy. Yeah. I don't have any friends like that. They're comfortable. So right? do you, you don't use the word lost. Yeah. You say close to you but far from God. Yeah. You use different verbiage. I like but it. creating a culture. You know, with the with the breakfast, whatever you're doing, and, and you don't just go get donuts. You ask the students. Yeah. Would y'all rather have donuts or biscuits? Sure. You know, they say steak. Say, well, we'll talk about that later. But our budget <laughs> says donuts or biscuits. But you give them a choice so they I have that it. ownership. Yeah. Because a student wants to go to another student and say, "Come to our club." Yeah. Not come to the club. Yeah. That's a huge transition. Mm-hmm. When it's their club, well, come hear me at my club. Don't. You don't want them to say, come to first party and hear me do it a devotion. Sure. That's not what you want. Yep. Come to our club. I'm going to do something. Yeah. And all that comes out of the culture and the ownership of it. I love it. And you can create culture. You can create culture. You are right. The old saying, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Mm-hmm. My first pastor said, if you got a salt block, you can make it drink. <laughs> you can That's a create, good word right there. You can create culture. Uh-huh. And we're to be salt and light, right? And that comes from prayer community around, you know, I mean, prayer before the flagpole, the adults. Yeah. I mean, our schools are getting prayed for more than ever, which is awesome and need more prayer than that. But with prayer and the work of the Holy Spirit, you can create culture. That's right. That's right. It's a good word. And we've talked a lot about burden, uh, the leadership, the first priority, having a burden and the working down with the campus coaches. But when you get the kids that have that burden, Mm -hmm. it don't take a lot. Yeah. Sometimes it's just one, two when they really get the burden and they get, they understand like that girl did. Yeah. And they, they uh, understand the mission and start executing it. It's amazing. That's right. That's right. It's cool. Cool. Reminds me of a story Robbins told years ago. Mark Robbins, he's a, what's his title? President. President of First Private America. <laughs> and uh, well, he's had like four different times. I know, so. I know. But anyway, he was just telling this story about, you know, the, he went to a meeting and, and, you know, the kids weren't inviting anybody and one of the student leaders got up and, He's like, if you was driving on the way home today and your best friend's house was on fire, you'd go in there and jerk him out. Mm-hmm. He said, all your friends you think's Christians that's doing this and this. And he was naming particular sins. And he started to name names. And Mark said, one of the adults is like, uh, uh-uh, cleared the throat. He said, they're in a spiritual house on fire and you ain't doing nothing to save them. And so the next week they like doubled. Nice. So it was a student who actually sure. urged them on. Sure. Sparked that uh, urgency. Fire analogy. Exactly. Fire analogy. <laughs> Sparked. Uh, that's right. That's good. That's good. I appreciate it. Any uh, 
final thoughts for today for the listeners of our podcast and words of wisdom? Just uh, if you're working in first priority, uh, keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. It's a worthy cause. It's worth the effort. Mm-hmm. And I think if we just do our part and trust God to do his part, yep. it'll all go great. And he's got the hard part. Yeah. Our part's easy. Our part is fun. Yeah. And uh, he'll do the heavy lifting. That's right. That's right. Tim, you got anything? I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, I always have something. <laughs> I'll, uh, first, uh, the first thing I would say is you're doing a good job. Yeah. People don't think they're doing well because maybe they're not getting the numbers they hear about in other places. It, it's it's a seed ministry, sowing the seed, God waters the seed. Yep. You're doing a good job. As long, yep. long as you're doing what FPOA wants you to do, you're using the things they want you to do. You know, I can't say 100% everybody, but you're doing a good job. Yeah. You're not alone. Yep. And the fruit will come. That's right. That's right. Largest club we've got right now topped at 394 kids last week. Wow. Largest club we've ever had. Yeah. Was running 40, 50 kids a couple of years ago. A couple of years for that was running 20 or 30 kids. Hmm. Same faculty sponsor, same campus coach, yep. different student leaders. Yep. And that's what I would tell them. You're not alone. You're doing it right. And fruit will come. Hmm. Now all the other schools are calling and saying, what are they doing? We need to be doing. <laughs> You're doing the same thing. Yeah. It's God's timing. Keep it, keep going. Yep. Culture and leadership, culture and ownership make a huge difference. Yeah. But for most, you're, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You are doing it right. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing it and the fruit will come. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks to both of you for joining, jumping on the podcast. Obviously, you're in town for the spring meeting. Jumping on the podcast. You're in town for the spring meeting in Nashville here. So it's been an honor. It's been fun hanging out with you for the past 24 hours and I uh, look forward to doing it again. Well, Steve, like we said last week, um, it is refreshing to hear stories. Um, it's refreshing to hear about how God calls people uniquely uh, to their place, to their location, for their time, for their cities, their counties. And uh, it's just good to take the hope of Christ to every student together. Love having Chip, Tim and Chuck on the on the show today. Well, and what you just said is where I was going to go, which is mission and vision is there for us to draw people in. Yep. Story is what hook, line, and sinkers them, right? Mm-hmm. If I really want to catch people and help them to catch the vision and the mission, then I tell story. Yeah. And so for us as directors, as coordinators, as those who are doing the work on the grounds, right? The few laborers, laborers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. For those of us who are in the midst of the harvest on the school campus mm-hmm. and in our city surrounding the school campus, the story matters. Yeah. It's a huge deal to people for them to hear. And so the other side of that to me that I was thinking about as you guys were just talking is the reality is all of these stories that are behind the scenes, people listen to podcasts, all of those stories, when you can articulate that well, mm-hmm. it articulates something that matters to you, which is the why, yep. right? This is why I do what I do because I am who I am. Yep. And I heard that today from these guys. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's good stuff. Well, we've got a few more stories in the next coming weeks, so keep coming back to listen, and uh, we'll keep sharing stories. Hopefully, they're encouraging. Looking forward to it. All right. Until next week. Till then. Thanks, Steve. Cheers.